about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. So welcome to Treasure Coast Victory Center. It is Wednesday night. We made it halfway through through the week, and we're still on top, right? Yes. Amen. So Jesus proclaims in Revelations 1 and 8, he says, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am he who was, who is, and who is to come. I am the Lord Almighty. Jesus says that I am the Lord Almighty. He declares that. Death couldn't hold me down. Death couldn't hold me back. I'm alive and alive forevermore. Amen. And I am Alpha and I am Omega. Praise the Lord. What I want to do before I forget the Lord showed me something for the church. I'm just going to ask the church to take some time. Close your eyes and just drop down into your belly because out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Maybe some of you aren't co comfortable um, with closing your eyes. But I believe the Lord is calling the church to enter in. Now, a lot of you are familiar with that. That just means stay in his presence, Psalms 91, the secret place of the Holy Father. We're in a very sensitive season right now. I mean, now more than ever before, the saints should be pressing into the presence of God. I believe that you shouldn't leave your house without entering into the presence of, of, of the Lord. You shouldn't start the morning without just dropping down, getting out of your head, taking your mind off of your bills, taking your mind off the rudiments of this world, and it's just dropping down. Because in the Lord's presence, that's where you are strong. In the Lord's presence, there is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. There's a supernatural disposition to handle the world's problems, the issues of life, when we stay in the Lord's presence. So as we enter in now, as we just drop out of our mind, I know some of you are saying, what is he doing? Why don't he get started? Da, 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 da. Sometimes it's, it's tough. You know, it's tough to shut the mind down and to get out of our natural process of, of, of thinking and get into the spirit and what the Lord is doing in this hour, how he's manifesting his kingdom, his glory. And early on this week, I saw a picture of a football field. And on the football field, you know how, you know, some of those of you who watch footballs and football and those of you who don't watch football, I'll try to digress. But a football field, I saw, I saw the football field and I saw the 20-yard line. So it's marked, it's painted 20, the number 20. And what happens when the offense is on the 20-yard line or passes the 20-yard line, they're getting, they're getting close to the goal. We call it a touchdown. 
So I believe in this season, prophetically, we as the church, we as the kingdom body of believers, we're, we're very close to, to hitting a, a milestone for the church, a milestone for the kingdom. I believe floodgates are going to be open for the kingdom of heaven. So this is a time to prepare in every area. Mentally, spiritually, uh, every area, physically, financially, and to get ready what the Lord wants to bring in, to what he wants to usher in, because let's face it, we all, we all got some work to do, amen? amen? So the Lord wants us to enter in, and if you're one, one of those who say, I enter in every day, well, the Lord is saying, enter in twice a day. Okay, there's always another level. There's always a higher plane to reach. He's calling us. So on the other side of this goal in which we score, a lot of uh, those who are in opposition to the kingdom will fall, and they will fall into grace. They will no longer serve the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. And we will begin to reap a mighty harvest. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, I do understand that there's a, a women's meeting on Saturday. And it's really good to see that the women are, are really on fire, enthusiastic about the things of the Lord, going in higher, amen, amen, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, 10 o'clock, so um, I'd just like to share a bit with the church on, I'd just like to express my thankfulness to, for the goodness of God in this season, all the things that we've been dealing with, um, you know, I hate to even say it, but you guys all know the pandemic, this and that and the other, and how God has been faithful and God has been consistent in my family. And I thank him for that, you know, because without knowing, being in his presence, we could be losing our minds. And without carrying that glory, carrying that inner witness, carrying that one who knows all things, which is the Holy Spirit, certain reports can send you into a panic. Amen. They can send you into a, a, a frenzy. But when you have the inner witness of the Holy Spirit residing in you, it doesn't matter. You know that the reports of the enemy are false because we know the truth and we know the perfect will of God. We know that he plans to prosper us and that we be in perfect health and perfect peace. We know that that's, Father, that's the Father's will. And there's not a government in the earth when you're a son or a daughter of God, that can supersede or override that, the will of the Holy Father. And more and more as we realize that, the more confidence, the more boldness that we will possess in these times that we're facing. Because, yes, there will be gross darkness in the earth, but we will shine brilliant as lights. Amen? So I want to talk tonight about the mystery, unveiling the mystery 
And Pat, can I have that on a prompter? So first Colossians, excuse me, Colossians wanted, I want to start with 127. It goes, it starts with 26 and 27. Uh, this is a, a scripture that, that Pastor Tom has, uh, one of the scriptures that he's, he's gone over and over with. I mean, as long as I've been here, when we first got here, we was like, man, that's pretty neat. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wasn't really revealed to my mind when I got here um, 13 years ago, but reading the scripture over and over again, it just do 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 do. It just works on your mind, and I call it. These are one of the scriptures. Are I call it like a bomb, because when you when you say it or when you share it with somebody, it kills a whole lot of religious demons. Amen. It tells you for God wanted them to know what the riches and glory of Christ are for the Gentiles as well. And this is the secret. Christ lives, you, Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Amen. My Bible says it like this. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So God would make, he would make known in this hour the mystery. Now, a mystery is dealing with, it's dealing with information, right? You have some information, but then you have information, you, there's information that you don't have. There's something that's unsolved. There's something that's hard to un understand. Something hard to comprehend is when you're dealing with a mystery. And since the Bible is a supernatural book, there's a lot of mysteries in the Bible. And thanks be to God and the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, we're going to learn as we go through scriptures, it's the revealer of those mysteries. And without the Holy Spirit, we'd be like, man, what, did that, what does that mean? But as we begin to commune with him and talk with him, and he revelates, you know, what, what these words mean and, and how it applies to our lives. And how God is so gracious and, and beneficial, how he foreknew that the church, it would need a fivefold ministry. It would need people with prophetic gifts that could break down the word so that we would understand more and more the mystery. We would understand more the missing information. Amen? So when we're dealing with a mystery, we're dealing with information. Some we have. A lot of things is going on right now, man. It remains a mystery. It remains a mystery why... Certain people can't understand things about disease when the solutions are print presenting themselves. But yet, it's an act of their will. They want to remain in darkness. See? But we, the children of light, we have his light. We have his truth. So God is going to relevate truth to us. And that's, that's part of our purpose and our function operating in today is to reveal, it, to reveal God's truths, to make hidden truths known by the Holy Spirit operating in us. Amen? Amen. So, Colossians 1, uh, 27, 
1 and 27 and 26 talk about the mystery of Christ being in us, manifesting the glory, the hope of having a bright future, having a, a confident and expecting good things to happen for yourself at all times. All times. That's why how I love uh, how Lou, she taught last week about the armor of God. And part of the armor of God is uh, Paul, uh, he enjoins us in uh, Ephesians chapter 6 about putting on the helmet of salvation, which is hope. You know, again, entering in. We are never to, to, to face a day uh, with, with uh, the idea of being defeated. We're victorious. Amen. That's why the scripture says that we are seated in heavenly places far above all principalities, powers, and mights, and dominions. Yes, in the natural, you may feel heavy. And during this thing, this, 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 you know, this COVID thing with all these witches speaking curses over our earth. Yeah, I felt, some, you know, I felt heavy. I felt kind of fatigued. There were days where I like, well, man, you know, what's going on? But that's when we have to start opening our mouth and speaking the word. I rebuke sickness. Whatever comes to your mind, first thing that comes to your mind, something that has to align with God's will in our life, let it speak it forth. Because faith spoken is God's creative power. You have that creative power. That's part about Christ in you. Manifesting that glory. Doesn't have to do with age. Doesn't have to do with... uh, you know, you got born again yesterday, I got born again 20 years ago or whatever. It happens right now. Faith is right now. Amen. The minute you know it, that's why a lot of these children, they'll probably pass a lot of us up. And I'll be like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Get on up there. They're going to need covering because, of course, they're little babies. Still have a lot to learn, but they'll have some things right. Amen? All right. So, great mystery solvers, a lot of times they're crime fighters. And growing up, my, my beloved mom, she used to watch these television shows, and I used to watch them with her. They, they were pretty cool. A lot of shows in the 70s. I'm a, I'm a 70s kid, so uh, you guys probably know from Sunday, me talking about the Bee Gees. But, uh, yeah, I still love them. Love the Bee Gees. Uh, <laughs> But she used to watch this show called The Rockford Files. It was with James Garner. You guys remember that? Yeah. And so it was, it was pretty cool, you know. And, and I used to kind of like mysteries. It, it, was, uh, in, it was intriguing because you want to find out what happened, you know what I mean? What is the deal? But in his life, what happened to him is that he was an innocent man. And he was prosecuted for a crime he didn't commit. Why? Because some missing information was gone. So imagine having to do time in jail for something you didn't have to do. And unfortunately, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in jail that are like that. They're doing time, man, and they are completely innocent. But guess what? There was some missing information. There was some data that got skewed some type of way. And they're doing time. So when he got, you know... Um, when the Justice Department would ever eradicated that and corrected it, he got out. And so his passion was to solve crimes, solve mysteries, put together, you know, missing information. 
And so I thought that was neat on how a lot of detectives, they have a knack. And I believe you guys have a lot of, a lot of knack for putting things together. Amen? Amen. And you're going to be able to see prophetically into people's lives and, and determine what is a missing link. So James Garner was one of hers. Then they had another one, Monk. We used to watch Monk a, a few years ago, right? He was funny. He was like a germaphobe, a, a germ freak and stuff like that. But he just had a, a natural instinct of putting things together. He was gifted, amen? And so the, the police department couldn't deal with him. So they said, you know what? You know, uh, you got to get out of here. But he still did business, still solved crimes on his own. Uh, my favorite when I was coming up, of course, was Scooby-Doo. How many of you guys remember Scooby-Doo? <laughs> Cartoons, right? <laughs> I'm being honest, all right? I got to be honest up here. All right, so Scooby-Doo, uh, some of you guys seen it, whoever hasn't seen it, but it was teenagers and they would solve crimes. You know, people who were committing murders, whatever they were doing. It was for kids, so it wasn't too gruesome, but they always tried to pose as, the villains always try to pose as ghosts or monsters or things of that nature. So Scooby, you know, with his, his knack and his crew, uh, was, it, was it Fred, Thelma, Louise, their whole gang, they would always solve the mystery. They would always bust, uh, you know, the, the person in the act. Yeah, the person in the act. And uh, they were great at that. So I love them for that. So they would solve the mystery. They would put together the puzzle. Okay, so revealing the mystery the mystery of the ages, revealing it. Revealing has to do with uh, truth. If something has to be revealed, something is in darkness. So you need the truth, right? So what do we know about truth? We say Jesus is the truth, right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, he's saying, talk like I talk, walk like I walk. You know, he says, uh, you shall know the truth, John 8, 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And I tell you, knowing the truth about your purpose, and what we learn here in this ministry, we're taught about our purpose in life. And our purpose, part of our purpose is to manifest that Christ-likeness. You know, study how Christ used to act, how he used to walk, how he used to treat people. Uh, you know, I will... I will be about my father's business. My father's house is a house of prayer. Amen? And it's not, it's not a house for the, uh, or a den of thieves and robbers. That's the life of Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. But also, when we're dealing with truth, a big statement about the truth is that truth is, all truth is parallel. Would you guys say that that's a true statement? Yeah. All truth is parallel, meaning it coincides. It goes side by side. It's relatable. Okay, so some of you guys are saying, all right, give me a scripture for that. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right, so the Roman centurion, right? He was from Rome. He wasn't from Jerusalem or, or Israel, so they had a different culture. Right. But the truth that he knew was he knew how authority operated. Right. And so when he saw Jesus, Jesus being that truth, he saw Jesus had authority. 
because he saw the results of the life of Jesus. People would get healed. People's eyes would see. People's ears would hear. So he recognized something's going on here. That man's got some authority because I operate in authority. And that's what he said to Jesus. He says, you know what? I want you to come to my house, but you, don't, you really don't have to come because my daughter is sick. He says, but just send the word only, and my daughter will be healed. And Jesus says, I haven't seen faith so great. No, not in all Israel. Because he believed Jesus had his word. He knew that all Jesus had to do was just speak it. Just speak the word. And it will be done. And his daughter was healed in that same hour. Hallelujah. So all truth is parallel. So we as sons and daughters of God, we have to be able to discern and recognize truth. Even if it comes from a little child. Amen. He says, well, well you may not have a scripture. The scripture will come. It's okay. Just trust the Holy Spirit. It may not be there right there. But God will show you in the scripture. He'll verify it. He'll confirm it. He'll confirm the truth. Amen? Amen. That's what he always does. He'll confirm things. He'll make you more aware that you are walking with him when you enter in. So, so when we enter in, I mean, you enter in a different way. I enter in a different way. Sometimes one song does it for me. It might not do it for you. I don't know. My, me and my wife can be like that sometimes. She likes a, one song, and I say, yeah, that's... And most of the songs she, she, uh, she picks are terrific. I mean, she's gifted like that. Uh, she doesn't like my songs, though. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. Not all the way true. 99. 0.77. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, so we, we all enter in different. We're different. We're dynamic. Amen. Amen. And you know what? You have a cold that I don't have. My wife has one that I don't have. And you know what? I respect that. That's, that's cool with me because you know what? That's God's design. He's an originator. He doesn't, he doesn't have to make copies because he's infinite. His wisdom, he's, he's infinite. It's all, all of his creative power. There's no two snowflakes alike. He doesn't, make, he doesn't have to make copies and stuff like that. All right? But we enter in in different ways. So all truth is parallel. All right. Um, I also want to say that Jesus also spoke in parables. Parables are short stories that tell a moral truth. Okay. So he would speak in a parable, and then it would give, him, give people an example of the truth that he was talking about. Amen. All right. So in 1 and 26... Still in Colossians. If you look at your Bible, you can look at your Bible, but I'm quoting from uh, 1 and 26. Even the mystery which hath been hid from the ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Ages, you're, you're speaking through the annals of time. The annals of time. So God's plan is eternal. His plan, he never intended man to be unsuccessful. Amen? It was, his intention was success and dominion from the very inception. 
And we know time through moments, uh, seasons, and years. The, the end of time, or when time got, the, the alteration of time, so to speak, I, I say time so we can understand, it happened when Adam sinned. Because Adam had to, God had to cut short time or the, 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 uh, the allowance of sin, so to speak. Okay, so that happened when, when, when Adam came in. That's why the scripture says, all in Adam die. Okay, so another reference to time, we have life, birth, and you have death, the expiration, the end of time for that person. Okay, so throughout the ages, God is, is bringing something through all the time. But really, when we study God, we, we, we see that it's not God that really changes it's us. It's our position to God. Amen. Because he's, he's perfect in all his ways. All right. So another mystery, I want to talk about another mystery in the Bible. It talks about, in Ephesians chapter 1, it talks about predestination. That means God chose his elect before the foundations of the world. So immediately, most people who are compassionate and, you know, have really, really sweet hearts to say, well, what about the people that are going to hell? Did God choose people, for, you know, to go to hell too? No. Oh, because what does the scripture say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever, right, whomsoever receives him shall not perish but have eternal life. So predestination has been a mystery. So God makes a way. He prepares a way for all. He desires for all to make it. But since he created Adam in the garden and he created us in his image and likeness, we have a choice. We have a choice to choose. And he wanted us to choose from the goodness, or not the goodness, but he wanted, us to, he wanted us to make that choice to choose him. You know, he respected us as, uh, as being sons and daughters that we would make a righteous choice when we see the righteous God. And most of us have, so congratulations. All right. So once again, before the foundations were formed, you know, foundations of the world were formed. God has chosen us. So that conversation sort of goes like, before the world even began, before the earth was even formed, there was Father God, there was the Holy Spirit, and there was Jesus Christ, the Son. They were having a conversation. And Father God says, you know what? I'm going to make a man, and he's going to be in our image, and he's going to be after our likeness, and we're going to give him dominion. And we're going to give them power over the fish of the sea, the bird of the air, and over every creeping thing that crawleth. They were having a conversation before the world was even formed. And that's a long, long time ago. Amen? But that's what predestination is dealing, dealing with. That's what it's talking about. Before the worlds were even formed, we were chosen. God knew. God knew what would happen if we choose him. God knew what would happen if we didn't choose him. That's why he told Abraham, he says, Abraham, 
because you, have, you, you were willing to sacrifice your son, now I know you love me. Now I know. I gave you a choice and you choose to obey me. You see that? See how that works? If you be willing and obedient, you will eat of the goodness of the land. See? So he knows your choice. He knows the outcome if you choose his way. He knows the outcome if you choose the other way. So it's dual in that point because he knows everything. That's why, again, in the, in the uh, Genesis, you have the tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil. All right, so I'm going to get to that in just a second. So Adam, to Adam, God was never a mystery. God was made known right from the rib. God... Adam was, was, was in the heavenly realm, then God formed him out of the dust of the ground. Amen? Okay, and in Genesis 2 and 7, God breathed into Adam, and then Adam became a living soul. All right, so he became, and then God told him to name all the animals. So to Adam, he was, God was never a mystery. He was never something that was like a lot, what a lot of people struggle with today. You know, is God, God, does God exist? Let's make a picture of God. They struggle with all that. What color is God? You know, is he a woman or, or what? You know, they struggle. That's a big struggle. So that's something that saints, that we have to have some, some not, you know, biblical knowledge to be able to minister to people because that trips a lot of people up. A lot of people out there, they don't know if God is a woman, if God exists at all. Does God care? Why does God send people to hell? You know, on and on and on. And we, get, we have to, like, give it to them. No, God, God does not. It is not God's will to send people to hell. God, hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. What? Who, what? How do we know that exists? It's revealed in the word. It's revealed in the word. It's revealed in the word. All right, so in the garden, we have the breath of life. We have the tree of life. And we have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So when God breathed into Adam, his pneuma, he became a living soul. But when Adam sinned, when God, when Adam disobeyed, I mean, imagine Adam disobeying God after everything that God has done. And I think you got to think about the goodness of God, everybody. Because if you don't think about the good, if you don't meditate on the goodness of God, you will start getting cranky and getting in the flesh, wondering about what you don't have. I mean, I was just sitting on the patio today. Listen to this. Watch this. I was sitting on my patio, on my back patio today. This ain't the first time I saw them, but they were dragonflies flying in the backyard, right? Dragonflies. To some people right now, that's a mystery. Okay, I'm about to tie it all together. <laughs> I'm like, God, I look at you. But it, it's, a, it's an awareness. It's an acknowledgement of knowing that God is working at all times. And he's so good. Okay, so the dragonflies, their antithesis are mosquitoes. And some of you are like, hmm, what's that mean? Okay. Mosquitoes, you guys, they, they transport diseases. 
What are we dealing with right now? Right? The dragonflies go after them things and, and get rid of them. So throughout, I think, like the last two or three weeks, I've been seeing just dragonflies in the backyard. Have you seen them? Yeah. Amen. And I think, uh, <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord, God working. And as I said that, I know Brother Copeland, he released a word about COVID. He says, he says, well, heavy, hot temperatures destroy viruses in many cases. That's what all the, you know, most of the expert virologists say, you know, I mean. You got conflicting reports, right? So, Brother Copeland said he released a prayer. Do you remember when he did that? He, he said he, he prayed for the temperature to go up. And I know the temperatures in Texas. I talk to people te- from Texas every day because of the work I do. Uh, man, we're dealing with heat. It's 109 down there. <laughs> Triple temperatures in places like Texas, Arizona. California, and again, I mean, it's it's uh, it's rough. I know that heat is tough to deal with. I prefer the heat. I'm kind of wired that way, but I mean, most of us probably are because we're in Florida. But it's just like uh, again, it's just man, God, you're good, you're good, because nothing is going to supersede or override His purposes and His plans in this hour. Because when I heard that report, I was just like, it, it almost felt like on a deaf ear. I knew it was fake. I knew it was a false report. Most of us here knew that. We were like, what? You know? We, we felt like, you know, like a smack from the enemy. Like, Psh, you know, I'm taking this. You know, the enemy trying to take it. All right. Uh, let me get back on. All right. So... So to Adam, God was not a mystery. So, you know, that mystery about God, uh, I pray that it's going to be revealed in this hour to a lot, many people, many people that are hurting and suffering at this time. So in the life of Moses, uh, Moses was a liberator. I mean, man, it, it must have been really awesome to see Moses in, in that, you know, with the glory on him, operating and doing all the, the signs and the wonders that he was doing. But another, another such fascinating thing about Moses, that he delivered millions of, of people from physical bondage, you know? And that's a, type of, of, that's a type and picture how the enemy wants us, just in bondage, sub- subjected to his will, you know, chains and shackles and, and things of that nature. But the power and the anointing was working through Moses, and those people got free. And, and the ruler over, over those people, he was hard and, and, and didn't want to let him go no matter what. He knew it was God that wanted the people to go free, but he didn't want them to go free. But by the power and the anointing that was on Moses, he was able to get them free. And because of that burning bush experience, he would go to Pharaoh, knowing that he was risking his life because he knew that there was a greater power backing him. 
Because he had that burning bush experience where he saw the glory of God and he couldn't look. And then the fire was coming down and and writing the commandments. He said, man, I done seen this, man. What more? What more do I need? He says, well, I'm going to give you your brother, too. I'm going to send Aaron with you. You know, all the things, all the signs and wonders that Pharaoh was trying to pull back at God and resisted and refused to let, let the people go. But Moses got into a place after a while, after they came out, and being in the desert, being dry, being hot, being frustrated, dealing with a lot of people. When Aaron was up, when Moses was up on the mount taking care of business, the people got frustrated because they looked, they saw, their focus was Moses. And they said, Aaron, make us a God. Here's all our gold. Here's our necklaces, our jewelry. All the gold that we have, every, all the gold we got out of Egypt, make us a golden calf. So Moses decided, you know what? I need, I need more than a burning bush experience just to deal with people. Pharaoh was one thing. <laughs> but dealing with people... And their mindsets, because even though they were physically free, right? No more chains, no more shackles. Pharaoh said, here, take them. I can't stand this. You killed my, my sons, everything, you know, is going on. Lord, I need more than a burning bush experience. Exodus 33. Show me your face. I want to see your face, Lord. I want to see your glory. I want to see all you are. (laughs) Can you imagine that? Dealing with a people. Because he was making fun of, he was kind of making fun of God. He's like, God, you, you, I mean, seriously? You want me to go down and and rebuke this people? Do you want your, I mean, you say your wrath is going to come on these people? I mean, you're the one that, that told me to bring these people out of Egypt. Now you're telling me that you're going to bring correction to all that? You're going to bring an end to that? And he says, you go down and see what they're doing. They're committing a, a bunch of abominations. And that's why we got to pray for our spiritual leaders. Amen? Yes. Yeah, because it's, uh, they have a lot to deal with. Our spiritual leaders, Pastor Tom and, and Becky and, and uh, people that you see on TV, Copeland and, yeah, Mommy. Uh, but, yeah, the ones that are out there on point because we war not against flesh and blood, saints. Amen. So, again, that entering in thing is important. You know, that's, that's business. That's the Lord's business. And we are to take it seriously. You know, we are to put our lives right in that place, our little selves, our little physical being, right in the presence of God, you know, because he's going to use us in these days and times as instruments. You know, that are very dynamic. And only you can do what you do. I can't do what Wendy does. I can't do what Mary does. I can't. I'll be the first to admit it. I can't do what Pastor Tom does. He's different. He has a unique design. You know, and on and on and on. So, uh, Moses was a liberator. Moses needed more than just a burning, burning bush experience. And if you read this story... You know that the Lord says, you know, no man can see my face and live. 
That's another mystery. But as we go over the Christ, over the, the, the crucifixion of Jesus and at the cross, we begin to understand that Jesus is the face of God. Amen. Jesus is the glory of God manifested in, on earth. Amen. Amen. So God, Isaiah, saw the glory of God. You know, I saw him. He was high and lifted up in Isaiah chapter 6. And the train, the robe of his glory, filled the whole temple. And the whole earth is filled with the glory. He was high. Right? Male. Seated. He sat down. He had physical form. A lot of people, through knowing Jesus, we understand these mysteries about a spirit being. Because we see the spirit being. We see. Isaiah saw it. He was a spirit, but he, was, he had physical form. All spirit means is that he had no limitations. He doesn't have these physical limitations. That's why Jesus could walk on water. He can defy laws, certain laws that we, we've become acquainted with, like from with people, inventors like uh, Isaac Newton that, that uh, invented certain laws, and, 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 and through study, they'd recognize. They start putting mysteries together, why this happens, you know, why you, you jump off a building, you, you uh, fall flat to the ground. So, yeah, he saw, Moses, uh, Moses saw God, and God told him, I'm going to put you in a cleft of a rock, and you will not see my face. I'm going to cover your face with my hand, and you're going to see my hind part. You're going to see the back of me. That's why people say 2020, hindsight is 2020. Because a lot of scholars say that when that happened, Moses was able to see the future of Israel. So he gave him a, 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 a type of who he was. Hallelujah. Moses, God also uh, commanded Moses to build him a tabernacle, which is very important. He says, Moses, build me a tabernacle so I may dwell with you there so that I may be amongst the people of God. Build me a tabernacle. And the tabernacle had wonderful designs, many different colors. Uh, but the basic design was the outer court, inner court, and the holy of holies. Okay? So... Different, different phases, different, different uh, paradigms of the outer court. But God was calling us closer to him, even in the times of Moses. Now, only, you not only had to be a priest to enter into the Holy of Holies, you had to be the high priest. So you had priest, and then you had a high priest, right? All right, so Israel had 12 different tribes. The Levitical tribe was consecrated. They were separated to serve God in the temple, to do the services and to make the sacrifices and atonement for the sins of the people. So that's why the Jewish people, the, 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 uh, the people of faith, they celebrate once a year the Day of Atonement because that was the day in which the high priest would go in 
to the Holy of Holies and uh, pronounce atonement, at one with God, which we know it as righteousness. Being divinely uh, aligned, proper alignment with God. Amen? Meaning that your sins are forgiven. And you can start over with a, with a, a, a brand new year. That was the day of atonement, to be at one with him. Righteousness is to be at one with him. To know, to be acquainted with his ways, to be acquainted with his thoughts. Because we're in his perfect will. We want to do his will. We want to read his word. All right. So Moses, Moses was the man that allowed uh, men to come before God. All right, so the next one uh, I want to talk about is David. In the life of David, uh, we see that, I mean, David, I mean, I, all these men, of course, I, I admire. They're great men of faith. But David, he was, uh, I mean, you just see so much success. But David had, he had trials and he had some failures, too. You know, uh, and one thing in particular about David, uh, King David, I like to address him as King David, uh, is that at one time he had trouble with bringing God's glory back to Israel because the people that were in charge, they lost the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant was one of those fixtures that were, was in the Holy of Holies because God's presence would rest on top of the Ark of the Covenant. So... The, the enemy of God's people, they stole the Ark of the Covenant. They stole what represented the glory of God to God's people. They took it, went in and took it. And when Eli, the high priest, found out, that's when he fell over backwards and he died. So here's the enemy, the, the, people, the enemy to the people of God. They have the Ark of the Covenant and all kind of crazy things are happening. Their idols are falling over, breaking, and they call... David up somehow, or, you know, they sent him a text, whatever they did back in those days. And uh, they say, hey, you got to come and get this glory. And I believe prophetically this is what's happening today, you know, spiritually. Is that like, man, they're like, people are scratching their heads. They don't, they don't know what to do with the people of God. Everything that they try is not working. So this is what's happening. And, they, and David goes in. He's excited. But what he doesn't recognize is that there's a reverence for God. So God made trouble for those people. He didn't want to be in presence of idols. He was not, God was knocking them with those idols over, you know, supernaturally. They were breaking. And, uh, but what David didn't remember, he didn't realize, is that there's a certain, God had set forth an order. There's a certain amount of reverence that you have to have to even carry the ark. Because he, once again, he only assigned, back in the day, he only signed the Levitical priesthood to even carry it. And then the high, you had to be a high priest to go in. You had to be a man. There was all these stipulations. But when Jesus Christ came, he broke that. That's why when he was crucified, the veil was ripped in two, the scripture says. So now all may enter in to the Holy of Holies. So we can drop down at the altar and enter in his presence with boldness, Amen. with boldness, with confidence, with, with, with the blessed assurance. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Don't have to be just a male. Don't have to be a certain skin color. Don't have to be a certain height. You know what I mean? So God is making his mystery known. So God, uh, David ran into trouble bringing the ark, bringing the glory back to Israel. And I think he had a casualty. His name was Uzzah. Okay, so what that means to me is that when, when, when he died because he tried to stay the ark when he was carrying it, it just meant that the glory was too much for him, you know. It, it was similar to what, what happened with, with God and Moses. He says, you can't see my face and live. There's a certain reverence and respect that God had back then, you know, but people were still full of a lot of junk. I, I'll just paraphrase it. All right, so, so David... While David was consulting with the Lord because he didn't understand the mystery of what was happening, the ark stayed at a, a guy named Obed-Edom's house. And the people of God are recognizing that revival is breaking out. It's breaking out at Obed-Edom's house. He wasn't necessarily a priest, but something about Obed-Edom's house, God liked. Okay, could it be that God... Obed-Edom had a certain reverential uh, uh, respect for the things of God, his house. You know, maybe he dedicated his house to prayer and fasting. Yeah, absolutely. That's very easy to see. You know, so, so David, he consulted with the Lord. He got it right, and the ark came back. David brought the glory back to Israel. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. I'm finished with that. Okay, so we're almost done. Uh, I'll tell you another thing that has blessed me uh, tremendously is the story of transfiguration with Jesus Christ. Uh, you can read that about that in Matthew 17, 2, Mark 9, 2 and 3, and in Luke 9, 28, 3 through 6. So in the transfiguration, um, there's, there's a lot of things that happen. Um, and Pastor Tom has brought this forth a number of times. Uh, but the thing that just blesses me tremendously is just to, uh, to know Yeshua Messiah, when he was amongst us, all the miracles that he performed, the wonderful things that he did, uh, that shows us that he was going from one level of glory to another level of glory. And the scripture says, as he is, so are we. We have the same life. Amen. Scripture says that we have the Zoe life. John 10.10. 10. We have the very life of God. Another thing about that story or that, that caption in the word of God is that he selected out of the 12 disciples and from the original 72 there was 12. And then from the 12 he selected three. Three people. Right? Could it be that it was those three people that wanted to go higher, that pressed in, they were hungry for the things of God? Peter, James, and John, right? And they saw those things. They saw some supernatural things. They saw Jesus glowing, and his, 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 his garments were white as snow, as no dry cleaner could get them. Right, And then Moses appeared. And then Elijah appears. Right? That's awesome. 
I thought these guys were supposed to be dead. Yeah. Yeah, but they're with the life giver. And part of that mystery is, is, is showing because after Moses shows up, after Elijah shows up, and after Peter says, let's make tabernacles, Lord, one for, you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you. We're taught here the revelation of that is that God is not interested, per se, as tabernacles, but he's interested in dwelling in us. Amen. And so God appears in a cloud, that same spirit, right? Is God a cloud? No. He just uses the cloud. He used the burning bush, right? And he uses Jesus Christ. So our father, he has no limits. He has no limitations. He's limitless, boundless. He's able to change shape and form. You saw it right there in the word. He's a cloud here in the mountain transfiguration. And he says, this is my beloved son. You know, hear ye him. You know, Moses, he did one thing. He did a type of work. Elijah did a prophetic work. But now that the son of man is here in your presence, hear him. Okay, so another mystery in the Word of God. Another mystery. Jesus did all these miracles. He opened blind eyes, made deaf ears hear, raised the dead to life, cleansed the leper, cast out devils. Right? You saw what he did to Lazarus. Lazarus dead, stinking, in the grave for four years. Oh, no, for four years. Four days. Four days. Did all this tremendous work. You know, they killed him. They put nails in him, put, put the crown of thorns on him. Some other supernatural acts where, where he went into hell and, and grabbed the keys, then resurrected, and then people were resurrected with him. Ain't you ever wonder, Jesus, why did you stop? Why didn't you just keep going? Why 2,000 years later? <laughs> There's the answer right there. God don't want to do it for us. Amen. You know, he gave us an example of how it's done. And man, he set a very good example. Because even as a kid, I used to like, wow, really? <coughs> but when we start reading stuff like this, and then dealing with the fact that he destroyed death, which is the last enemy, Amen. is death, you know, and, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure people were really, they had some things, some issues to deal with when they saw Jesus back, you know. He was raised from the dead because they killed him. They killed him dead. They killed him three times, you know, and he's still back. So that tells us as a body that, that death, he defeated death. Death is gone. Death has no more sting. So those of us who have lost loved ones, that's just... That's temporary. You're going to see him again. Because Christ has given us that example that death is destroyed. He destroyed it. You know? He destroyed the power of Rome because they've exhausted all their physical weapons on them and they couldn't stop them. They tried to roll a stone over the grave, you know, 300 pound stone, make sure he's good and dead. They pay people off. 
tell them, you know, Jesus is dead. He's, you know, he's not alive. Couldn't stop him. Couldn't stop him from getting up. But we're the reason why he got up. Sound, could I, uh, if I can have uh, that second scripture, which is Second Chronicles 16 and 9. I'm bringing this to a close. Okay. So once again, Christ in you. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So this scripture, another bomb, you know, it just, it does things to your mind. Because it, it's, I mean, this scripture is wrote, written th- thousands of years ago, but still it rings true today. Because this is what the Lord is doing. The Lord is looking. He says, uh, 2 Chronicles 16, 9, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you have been. From now on, you will be at war. That's a New Living Translation. I'm going to just paraphrase it from um, King James. But the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, looking for a people in whom he can show himself strong. So God is, God is looking. It's not God that's hiding. It's not God that wants to remain a mystery. He's making himself known. Back in, in the garden with Adam, it wasn't him that was hiding behind the fig tree. Because Adam heard him walking in the cool of the day. How can you hear his spirit? He's real. If Adam audibly heard him, he was walking. He had presence. It's not God that's hiding. God hasn't been hiding. God has been after his people. God has sent prophet after prophet to redeem and to make known himself. And he started with Israel. But he didn't finish with Israel. Amen. Because he's looking for a people. He didn't say, you know, he didn't specify it. He just says a people. He made it broad. Whomsoever will, let them come. God looks at the heart. Doesn't look at the outward appearance. David had a heart after God. David believed God. Abraham believed God, and God accounted it to Abraham for righteousness. We're righteous just because we believe. We're people of faith. Hallelujah. So our our objective is to stay in his presence, release his presence in the earth, bringing heaven to earth. We're seated in heavenly places. We enter into heavenly places. Those heavenly places come and invade earth. Matthew 11. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent take it by force. We bring heaven into the earth. We release heaven. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Invasion of the Lord is, invasion of the spirit of the Lord is imminent. Hallelujah. Amen. We're God's people. God's people are awesome. Huh? We got something to do today. 
Amen? That means get ourselves together and then help other people get each other's self together, okay? Because we're the church. And that's part of God's design as well as about being a church, being a body. We're more powerful. The scripture talks about exponential power. You know, one can put a, a, a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. You know, and that's a part of the problem today is that a lot of people, I want to stay home. You know, <laughs> I got a problem with the pastor. Well, how are you going to build character if you don't listen to a pastor? You know, how are you going to hear the gospel if you don't hear an evangelist? How are you going to understand the word if you don't have a teacher? How are you going to understand a lot of the mysteries unless you have a prophet? All right. So in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Sickness can't remain. Unforgiveness can't remain. Fear has to go. Lack has no place. In this day and in this time, because we have God living in us, we will rebuild the wasted cities. We will speak to gross darkness today, and it will flee. Because Christ is in you, you are the missing ingredient to God's plan. You are the secret sauce. You are the missing link that connects people, churches, businesses, and hospitals to their destiny. Amen. 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 You have a purpose. You are that piece of the puzzle that is part of God's big picture. You are the salt of the earth. And you possess the light of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Yeshua Messiah, thank you, Father God, that you are good. And every perfect gift is from you, the Father of lights, in whom there is no darkness, no shadow of turning. There is no variableness in you, Father God. And we have thank you. We thank you, Father God, for re revealing yourselves and making yourself known, Father God, that you desire to be a habit. You desire to inhabit us. Hallelujah. And we have this treasure in earthen vessels, Lord God. We bless your holy name. And we're so ever thankful that, the, that our Messiah, our Redeemer, breathed onto us and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, who is the revealer of all truth. Hallelujah. the key.